Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts, because it all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lansley got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. White Sox fans, welcome in. It's the Sox on Tap post game show. Hope you're cracking them with us tonight. It's Johnny Nani alongside Tony Marchese discussing an absolute beatdown the White Sox put on the Baltimore Orioles. 12 1 tonight. Tony, uh, that calls for victory beers in a big way. Victory beers just taste better, Johnny. We've said that so many times this season, and, and that's the best part about it. This was an absolute beatdown. It's exactly what you wanted to start your weekend off with. It was a rough weekend last weekend, this weekend, looking much better. The forecast looks better, Johnny. Oh, 100%. Tony. You love to start, especially against a team that you absolutely should do that to, and you do that to, that's like the expected outcome, what you want, ideal. Um, you'll love to see that, and uh, you know, just sending good vibes. Rolling into this All-Star break, I know we still have two more games to go. We'll get to those a later at the very end of this episode, but still. Uh, a good start uh, that puts you in a good spot. And I love, I was listening to a little bit of the uh, NBC sports white Sox post game show before we jumped on and Gordon Beckham, former player talking about that. And he was saying that, you know, that, that just gives you that vibe and you just feel like so good. You come to the ballpark the next day and you're all, you know, kind of rejuvenated, energized, all that stuff. So hopefully that can carry into the rest of this weekend here. Yep, I love everybody who's checking in uh, in the comments here. We've got victory beers from Corey, Scotty Shorts, uh, Kimchi Sale, our guy White Sox Sale on Twitter, uh, dropping the hashtag Crack'em in here. Johnny, it's it's just it, it starts your weekend off way better when your offense shows up, number one. When your offense shows up, it's cool and tough every single time. This is, this is tonight, if we're going to go with initial thoughts here, this is the White Sox offense that I expect all the time. And you look who's doing it right now. It's not even the guys that, that should be here doing it because they're all on the IL. <laughs> but this is the same White Sox offense that I expected this year all year long against teams like this. Yes, I, I agree 100%. And uh, you, you did get some, a little bit from the big guys, the ones that you expect in uh, Jose Abreu having a big uh, RBI spot there, drives in three. You got Tim Anderson continuing to stay hot, three hits of his own tonight. So some of those, yes. But other than that, you know, you get uh, your pick to click tonight, Gavin Sheets. I don't think you've ever strayed from him since he's come up from the not. minor leagues. But, uh, you know, he comes through and we'll get to the story uh, behind his home run. That was really cool moment for him uh, kind of back near the hometown. So, um, but we will get into all of that, but before we do a little housekeeping here for ONTAP Sportsnet, make sure you're visiting our website. It's ONTAPSportsnet.com, and that's where you can find all of our White Sox articles. You can find these podcasts there. You can find any Chicago sports team that you like. We got articles, podcasts, coverage there on TAPSportsnet.com. Make sure you're visiting there. Following us on social media for updates, too, at Sox on Tap and at on Tap Sportsnet. And as always, the show is presented by Grandstand. So when you need some White Sox swag, make sure you are hitting up Grandstand. It is right by the ballpark, 35th and Wallace. Uh, 
and you can visit them online, shop virtually at grandstandsocks.com, social media at Grandstand Socks, where they post a lot of their new releases. So that's it. Housekeeping here. Uh, let's kind of get into this game, Tony. It was Diamond Dallas Keuchel on the mound tonight, and I've seen some kind of controversy uh, surrounding his name uh, amongst our social media circles here. And uh, he, he delivered tonight. Sure, there may have been a few tight spots, uh, but he was able to get out of them. Uh, only one run allowed here. Obviously, the only run was 12-1 final, so only one run allowed in the whole game for the White Sox. But, hey, uh, I got to give credit to uh, Dallas Keuchel because when I was on the post game show yesterday with Buzz, I'd said what I was looking for and keying in on intently here was Diamond Dallas Keuchel to have a really nice start, get himself in a good frame of mind, go into the break. He's not going to be at the All-Star game, so you can go home, relax, reset, come back, and let's have some more starts like this, like the ones that he had against Tampa Bay, Toronto, going in through the second half of the season more consistently. Yeah, you know what, Johnny, just from a, an overall feel standpoint, if you're a White Sox fan right now, I, I just, at least in my mind, um, Dallas Keuchel has been shaky somewhat to start this season. He has not been the guy that you want to see uh, anchor the rotation, so to speak. When uh, you acquired him, you thought he was going to be that guy. Lance Lynn has already filled that role and then some. Uh, Dallas Keuchel at this point in time is your 3-4 guy. That's impressive, but you need, Lan- or you need Lance Lynn, Carlos Rodon, and, and then you need to be able to turn it to Dallas Keuchel and Lucas Giolito. Both of those guys, at least in my mind, have been somewhat shaky in their starts where you're not as confident as much as you are with your top end of the rotation guys right now, which are Lynn and Rodon. So when you get a start like this, and this is one thing that I also said with Buzz while you were on vacation last week, is that you need to give those guys some run support early on in the game in order to get them comfortable, let them feel it out just a little bit, especially when you're on the road, get out there and attack. I know the White Sox didn't get on it right away today, but they afforded Dallas Keuchel the chance to work through some jams and get the job done. And once you start to, to separate yourself from the opponent, you can, you can work with stuff that you wouldn't normally be throwing in certain situations, in certain pitch counts uh, to hitters that will start to give you that confidence to roll on throughout the rest of the game. So I love when Dallas Keuchel gets run support this year. I love when Lucas Giolito gets some run support this year because it takes some of that onus off of them, Johnny. And I think that that's important because the, the offense has the ability to do it. You love seeing that on Friday night. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely do. Uh, getting the bats rolling is huge uh, for pitchers and obviously for uh, the ultimate outcome of the game. Uh, the objective score more runs than the other team doesn't take rocket appliances, Tony. Uh, yeah, Diamond Dallas Keuchel finishes seven innings pitch, seven hits, one earned run, one walk, three strikeouts tonight. So solid outing. Nice to see him go seven so you don't have to burn up arms uh, in a game that was already out of reach. Um, after that, it was Kopech coming in straight gas, one, two, three, all strikeouts, and Foster had himself an easy ninth as well. Uh, so it, like see that pitching all around clean tony i'm ready to get into this offense that absolutely skull fucked the baltimore orioles tonight <laughs> dude uh cool and tough offense tonight didn't let up continued to just pour gasoline on the fire that they had where do you start 
Yeah, um, I mean, I guess we could start with how it opened. That was in the top of the third inning. Uh, that was Brian Goodwin coming through with an RBI single. It was, uh, I believe, yeah, two-out situation there. Um, and, you know, that's opportunistic right there uh, to get us going because at that time, uh, the Orioles had struck first. So the White Sox were down in this game at one point, believe it or not, uh, after a solo home run in the bottom of the second uh, by the Orioles. But uh, Goodwin coming through there, uh, he has been – Pretty damn reliable, man. I uh, mean, Buzz talked about him a little bit yesterday, but uh, good to see that. That got it rolling. And then uh, we tack on another one uh, thanks to that Jose Abreu RBI single uh, in the top of the fifth. Um, and these are all, you know, the drives in Tim Anderson. Can't understate the night that he had because this guy, I love the tweet that Chris Kamka put out. I don't know if you saw it, but it was Tim Anderson's outcomes and his at bats, and it was listed. And it was always a, a walk or a single or a double or some sort of hit. And there was only like one little strikeout in there that he put in like lowercase. All the other ones were in all caps. So I'm you still, love to see this get going here. I'm still hung up on the uh, the one I texted you last night from Kamka that uh, Chris Bryant and Jose Abreu have the same amount of home runs in Wrigley <laughs> Field uh, since the start of the 2020 season. Um, love Chris Kamka's stats, uh, but that you know Tim Anderson has come on very very hot, Johnny, and this was something that we saw. Uh, at the heart of one of our favorite ballplayers of all time, Frank Thomas, got into it with Kenwo yesterday on uh, on Twitter, whether or not Tim Anderson should be an all-star. Timmy's quietly been very, very good this year. Maybe not one of the, the elite guys in the AL to deserve that spot, but lately he's been that straw that we want to stir the drink, Johnny. Mm-hmm. He's, he's really come yeah. on very hot. You, you could see it right now, man. He's feeling it. You want to know why he's feeling it, Tony? Uh, I'll tell you why it's because he is looking to go to all fields. And when he opens up that opposite field option, he's not trying to yank it uh, and pull every single ball. Uh, that opens up a wealth of you know open space for him to be able. You saw him drop a single into short mm-hmm. right center field today. When he can do that, he can hit a you know friggin' rope on the ground uh, that'll get through and find the hole to the right field. So when, when he, they can't shift when, you, when they can't yes, shift you, they yes. have a problem. You, yes. That's how you know you're a good hitter. They can't shift you because you can go everywhere and, and the thing is we know that he has the strength when he wants to do it he he can pull the ball we've seen you know the home runs the the, the famous brad keller bat flip that was a straight pull shot to left field over the bullpen at guaranteed right field and then he turns around flips the bat all of that so we know he can do that we've seen him hit balls straight out dead center uh, into that batter's eye at guaranteed right field as well but when you're talking about hits consistently you know an everyday basis it's when he is opening himself up to uh, right field and use that because he's got such a nice swing that he's able to put that there still with some, you know, zip on it, but still uh, it, it finds the hole gets down and gets the white Sox offense going. So uh, let's move on to the top of the sixth and seventh here, because these were where uh, the white Sox really explode. You get into the Orioles bullpen and yeah, they're the Orioles. They suck. They're, they're the bottom, bottom dwellers of the AL East. They're a rebuilding team. I get it. But still we talk about beating up on teams that you should, this is one that they should. And they really took it to them in that bullpen in the top of the sixth, starting there. Uh, and it would be Tim Anderson. Once again, uh, two RBI double for him. And I believe that was to right field too. Uh, high up off the wall there that drives in two makes it four one socks uh after a string of walks and i think i put that tweet out from socks on tap tony white Sox teams of years past would not be able to have the patience to string together three walks this is not past years this team has it talk about it i love it johnny and the it factor has really shined through 
with this team's resiliency. And yes, there's some questions about, you know, playing good teams. In fact, actually Dallas Keuchel just had a quote come out that said, uh, you know, we're playing and we're beating the teams that we have to beat. We're doing our job beating teams. We should, we're very competitive. Now we've got our butts whipped in Houston. So I'd like to see what we're made of to open the second half against the Astros. And I'm sorry to fast forward just a little bit here, but the it factor that this team has had throughout the season, if you told me that in mid-July, this was the lineup that you're going to run out against even the Orioles, I'd say we've got a problem, Johnny. Would you agree with me? Yeah, uh, probably because uh, the expectations were different. Uh, and obviously we know the guys that are on the shelf um, and you don't expect that many injuries to pile up in a season. So, yeah, I would say, that, oh, my God, this is a hodgepodge, you know, slap together lineup. Right, exactly. And, and you've seen this same lineup come out there against the Twins. You've seen it against the Tigers. You, you've had some you've had some issues throughout this year. This team has faced adversity. This team has faced major, major injury problems to some key players. The it factor here, I, I, might, I might go with somewhat of a meatball take, but the only difference between the hodgepodge lineups of, of guys that are AAA players or, you know, like I, I look back to Jose Rondon, Johnny, uh, just a guy. He gets it done on this team this year for some odd reason. The guy that you signed that 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 is past his prime gets it done this year. P rank this team's this team fucks simple as that. There's there's a reason this team is doing what it's doing, and I hate to say it, but Tony Larusa has to be the fucking AL manager of the year at this point in time, John. If you end the yep. season today, one yep. of the differences that this team has had is Tony Larusa at the helm of it. From years past, he just understands how to win. He understands how to get the best out of his role players. He understands how to do things. Is he perfect? No. Is he going to make the right calls that are going to be the fan favorite things? Absolutely not. Are there times where he's going to get burned? Everybody does. But there is a different tone that this team has compared to years past. They're there to win ball games, despite whatever lineup you put out there. They're there to win. And when, when they're not winning, they concede graciously to win tomorrow. And that's the whole bullpen A squad, B squad thing. You, you've seen this time in, time out. There's a reason this team is, what, now 17 games over 500, Johnny? It's incredible to think that they've done what they've done with basically the addition of Lance Lynn to this team and subtract a bunch of guys that have played for a majority of the 2020 season. Yeah. They're going further on it. What it is. I talked about it yesterday with buzz a little bit, but like I'd said, I'll, I'll be a broken record here. I don't care because you see it every night. It's resilience. It's next man up. Uh, and it's kind of a vibe that elevates guys. I think that maybe if you're still in the 2018 to 19 white Sox, you're not getting that level of play. Whereas you see some of these guys around you and it amps you up a perfect example here. And I know we're getting a little off track here from where we were in the sixth and seventh inning here, but talking about it here. And I talked about Carlos Rodon, you and I did the show Monday night. I talked about Carlos Rodon having, you know, 
pounding the chest after he's coming off the mound and all that, getting all fired up. I think that's a product of being around guys like Liam Hendricks and Lance Lynn, guys who have been on playoff teams, guys who have, you know, uh, you know, maybe not won the whole thing yet, but they have been around the block a time or two and know how to win, at least have a semblance of that. And I think that has helped elevating uh, these other guys too. And I think the playoff experience last year was beneficial too, even though it was very short-lived. Uh, still, I do think that is helping out uh, in sort of elevating everybody's level of play here. So um, more to come on what it is uh, all throughout the season. So make sure you're tuning in to Sox on Tap here. Um, uh, back to the scoring here, though, because there are some cool moments, Tony, that we need to talk about, including your uh, pick to click. Where were we with that? Um, it was after the Goodwin RBI walk. Uh, Engel hit a sack fly, making it 6-1. Top of the seventh, this is where Gavin Sheets comes up and hits a one-out solo shot to right. Uh, just got out. His parents were sitting in the first row, a bunch of family members there. He grew up near the Baltimore area. This is his hometown team pretty much that he's playing against here uh, in his hometown. He comes back, hits a bomb, whole family's there. Uh, what, what a friggin' magical experience for him. Just absolutely magical. And and Johnny, you'll you'll understand this. The, the listeners may not, and I haven't even told you this yet. When Gavin Sheets hit that home run, my wife turned to me and asked me, I, I haven't seen you that excited about anybody since Marion Hosa donned a Blackhawks uniform. I'm a little bit worried that you're going to leave me for Gavin Sheets. That's how fucking much <laughs> I love Gavin Sheets right now. That's how much. And, and, and we've, we've talked sports for what, three, four years now, Johnny? Like, I, I'm not a big, like, get infatuated with a player guy. Outside of Marion Hosa. Like he he was my guy. I have never owned a White Sox player jersey in my lifetime. Gavin Sheets is my guy. He is my guy. There's something about what Gavin Sheets provides to this White Sox team. And maybe it's just the fact that I've been a White Sox fan for so long and they've been waiting for this left-handed power bat that can play the outfield and first base to develop for so goddamn long that – like I inherently have developed this need to see this guy pan out. And Gavin Sheets might be the actual first realistic like guy that that pans out. You've seen like like light versions of this with Daniel Palka. You've seen light versions of Gavin Sheets with every single signing Nikki the White Delmonico. Sox. Nicky <laughs> Delmonico. You saw it with um, you know, even the Adam LaRoche signing somewhat like fits this mold. Like this is the White Sox player. Gavin Sheets finally comes up from the minor leagues. He just looks like he belongs. The plate approach is great. The swing path is great. Everything about Gavin Sheets at the plate has been phenomenal. And it, it like I just for some reason have watched every single one of his at bats so intently because even when like he does not produce the, the approach is there. Everything's just right there. And I've actually had a few people talk to me over the past few days. or like, would you, would you move Gavin sheets for the final piece this year? I'm attached to him. Absolutely. Fucking not Johnny meatball. Take of the night. Gavin sheets is the type of guy that can come up big and be that almost Cody Bellinger type of guy 
for the <laughs> Chicago White Sox. I don't know if the versatility like uh, Bellinger is there, but I, I know what you're saying with the role. And I think you're talking about your kind of infatuation with him here. And that is you had a need that you were starved for. And all the White Sox have been starved for. The team itself shit has been. We are talking about that lefty power bat uh, that they have been, you know, longing for. Uh, and he is fulfilling it so far. So um, th- that is, you know, <laughs> that I think kind of sums up uh, what, what, you know, you're feeling about Gavin Sheets. I've got um, one last one. Cause P break asked a question. Where does Gavin Sheets play in 22? I would rather see Gavin Sheets in the outfield than Eloy Jimenez in 22. All right. There you go. Uh, there, there's that is probably a bridge cross uh, when we get to it, and there will probably probably be some more uh, addition subtractions. We'll see what they do at the trade deadline, who goes, who stays, um, and in the off season too, uh, who they decide to go and target free agency uh, and let walk and whatnot. So we we will see uh, when it comes to positioning there. But as of right now, a uh, great moment for Gavin Sheets tonight. That made it seven to one socks in the top of the seventh, um, and then Jose Abreu coming through another two RBI double. Uh, in this top of the seventh as well. That makes it 9-1 Sox and Sox at three more uh, top of the ninth. Uh, and that was courtesy of an Adam bomb. Adam Angle, he's back. It is great to see him. And, Tony, the best thing about this is, yes, you obviously love you know piling on a, uh, a team. It doesn't matter who it is. You, you love more runs equals more fun. We said that here all the time. But Adam Angle looks legitimately healthy to me. How about you? Adam Engel looks legitimately healthy to me. I just, I don't understand where this power came from because Adam Engel was the guy that I thought was going to be a defensive replacement to, you know, supplement the White Sox roster, kind of your 24th, 25th man on the team. And he has like, you go even back to the series in Oakland and, and right before that, Adam Engel has provided so much power to this White Sox roster that it's almost like ridiculous at this point in time, John. Well, I mean, how could you not have that power when you have an absolute dump truck you're carrying around? Yeah, that's, that's true. But like, you never <laughs> saw that before. <laughs> you never saw that before. That wasn't, that wasn't a thing for Adam Engel. Um, so I, where I'm at on him, I think he's like the, almost the biggest wild card on this team, right? Like he can, if he can slot in there and you, you're choosing between if Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez come back and you're choosing between these outfielders, like where does Adam Engel and Billy Hamilton play out? I think is where you need to go with this like conversation. Well, Billy Hamilton goes straight to the bench. That's no brainer. That's, you know, you're using him for a defensive replacement pinch runner. You immediately do that. And then Adam Engel, yeah, it's a question. It depends on what the rest of your outfield alignment looks like there. Um, we still haven't seen anything uh, update wise on Luis Roberts starting rehab assignment. Would assume that he's probably, you know, two three-ish weeks behind the Eloy timeline. But then again, uh, it was a tear uh, of that hip flexor muscle. So we don't know exactly when Robert will be back here. But say, you know, for your hypothetical that all those guys are there, I mean, Eloy, for me, in my opinion, Eloy immediately DH. I know you feel that same way. Um, there's no question about that. He, no reason he should see uh, the outfield anymore. And then you got Vaughn, who is starting to pick it up. He, he had himself a nice game as well tonight. Uh, so he, he is out in left field. Luis Robert, you, you can't – you you. 
I'm sorry, the athleticism just takes over there uh, and you have more power potential. I know Adam Engel has provided some pop uh, since his, you know, kind of returns here uh, in his short, like 10 game stint when he first came back. And then after now, obviously uh, hitting a couple uh, in this one, you know, a short time back here, but um, yeah, it's, it's tough to say, but, I would probably put your boy out. Uh, unfortunately, I would. Uh, I would, would too. I would. It also depends. It depends on what handedness you're going up against too, and what you're it's, trying to match up hey, with. Because Gavin hey, Sheets offers left-handed, Adam Angles offers the right. Timeout. Timeout. We're calling timeout. Remember when I said I wanted that so White Sox to be about problems that you have where you're trying to fit bats into lineups instead yeah. of like shit, we couldn't get this done in free agency or all this other Like, the fact that we're even talking about where do all these guys fit in, 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 in September of this year, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. For and two it, seconds. That's that's fucking awesome yeah. because you have enough depth. You know, and, and it's funny. We, we could sit back here and banter back and forth about what we want all, all freaking night, Tony. We, you and me could do this here. But the best thing about this that I love is that, one, I don't have to make decisions. And, two, the guy that is making decisions is a Hall of Famer, brother. I love that, too. And if you double down on that, the White Sox released – they're off-season signing an Adam Eaton, who was a guy that I, I mean personally, I'll take heat for this. I liked Adam Eaton. I thought he played with grit and you know just got the job done most yeah. of the time. Um, you know, tried hard, always ran everything out. Um, the results weren't there this year, but they went and they swallowed that contract because they have so much other fucking talent in the outfield. Like I, I thought that Adam Engel in a playoff series could have been beneficial to this team. I don't know about you, but uh, no, ball take me or yeah, Adam Eaton. I thought he would have been beneficial to this team in a playoff series. I thought that Adam Eaton could get the job done there versus anybody else coming into this year in right field. That's been proven otherwise to this point. Yeah, it, it, the production just wasn't there. That's the bottom line there. And like you'd said, uh, the good problems to have here, like, like we're talking about, a good, that's a White Sox problem to have here. So, uh, yeah, and, and you know what I, I do, you know, that's the other thing, just kind of a farewell to Adam Eaton here is that they didn't, you know, obviously get like an in-person interview with him because he was probably, you know, cleaning his shit out and getting out of there. Uh, but via text, I believe it was Daryl Von Sch- Van Scowen uh, for Chicago Sun-Times, and he had texted him and his response was that he just owned it and said, yeah, I just didn't play well enough. He's like, that was on me 100%, and I understand it. And, you know, so, you know, consummate professional and at a meeting, uh, like we're not. But uh, that's, uh, you know, uh, that's gone. Uh, we, we can deal with the names that are at hand here. Like I said, uh, we, we've got a Hall of Famer brother uh, to make these decisions uh, when it comes down to crunch time here. So um, the, for the rest of this game here, uh, I think we have some questions that we can field a little bit later on in the show, Tony. But uh, the rest of this game here, like I'd mentioned, a uh, 12-1 White Sox win. Absolutely love and beat down. Put the Orioles way down in the hole. Uh, theme of the week has been the wire here at Sox on Tap uh, because we are playing in Baltimore. So I had to get one in there. Shit, partner. 12-1. Cool and tough. Love to see it. Uh, good start to the weekend. Tony, we'll be together uh, watching Saturday's game, and NWI Steve and Buzz will be there too. So whole crew uh, all together uh, watching the game tomorrow. 
that's what we're looking ahead to. And it's Lucas Giolito uh, taking the mound for our socks against uh, Thomas Eshelman for the Baltimore Orioles here. Um, Giolito, another guy that you'd said had been shaky uh, kind of in between here. We were talking about Keiko earlier and you brought Lucas Giolito's name up alongside him here. Um, just like I wanted from Dallas Keiko today, uh, see a steady outing, uh, get himself, you know, in a good frame of mind, going into the break, go home, relax, reset, come back, uh, and string together some good outings. That's exactly what I'm going to duplicate and say I want from Lucas Giolito here tomorrow. That's what I want. And I want the offense to show up and give him some run support early. This is, this is a series that you should sweep heading into the break. It doesn't even matter what type of offensive lineup TLR throws out there. This is, this is feasting time, boys. That's that's where I'm at with this. Get out there. Tim Anderson's fucking hot. Start this game off with three to four runs and just make it laughable by the third inning. That's that's what I'm hoping because you do that, and I think Lucas Giolito pitches with confidence and gets through six, seven innings of baseball, and even if you've only got a three, four-run lead, Liam Hendricks is waiting in the winds because he hasn't thrown in a few days now if we're talking about tomorrow, ball game, it's over. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Get get out early. I think it's the biggest thing here because um, I'm not trying to personally attack players or whatever, but Lucas Giulio just seems like he's a guy that's easily rattled. Do you agree? I would. I would. I would absolutely agree that he is easily rattled. It just, I mean, we've heard about the stuff with the, um, you know, the, uh, um, early game in uh, Boston and sure that is a little odd playing that early in the day uh, out there, especially when you're on the East coast. And they, like, I don't know. It, it just seems like if everything's not aligned perfectly for him, it doesn't, he's not at like top performance. So let's align everything perfectly for him. If that's what it takes, like, let's do it. It's the Orioles. We can absolutely do it. Um, a guy that's got an ERA up in the sevens here uh, should be no problem stacking more runs tomorrow. So I'm totally with you. Get out, jump out early is the key here. And let's talk about another beatdown. You know, we, it seems like these have come few and far between uh, just that's granted. That is a product of being banged up. You don't have your big bopper in the lineup every day so you're not spacing out uh, you know distance from the other teams with like a string of bombs uh, that you're hitting like we were able to do last year uh, with everyone healthy there um, but still put yourself in the best position to win is the bottom line there so uh, yes. and I hope we're talking about a beatdown another another blowout because this is a team that you can easily do it against absolutely Jenny I agree with that 100 percent. Yeah, so uh, that's about all I've got uh, for tomorrow's game. Like, so make sure you're following along with us on Twitter at Socks on Tap uh, because all four of us will be together tomorrow. Beverages will be flowing. Um, there'll be plenty of content coming out. Let's just say that. So make sure you follow along with us. So we'll have some banter. Maybe we'll go live for a little bit during it. I uh, have a little discussion back and forth for maybe a half inning inning or so um, and whatnot, and possibly do a quick uh, stream after uh, like this to do a little recap and uh, lead into Sunday's game. But we shall see uh, how the day goes tomorrow. But like I said, just make sure you're following at Socks on Tap on Twitter. So uh, <laughs> into last sections here, um, we'll, we'll take one question and then we'll get into cool shit we saw in White Sox land and uh, tinfoil, meatball, uh, all that stuff. And it was uh, a couple of, you know, we got uh, P-Brank and uh, Sockside Mike uh, kind of talking this out in the comment section here. And that was uh, Sockside Mike asked, who's starting right field in the playoffs if it, that began today? Um, and I'll just go first. I would say Angle. That'd be my vote, and I would assume that you're in differ. So let's hear it. 
You know, I, I, if I'm going to stay on hashtag brand, I'm going to go with Gavin Sheets in, in right field. I like his bat in the lineup. I think some of this depends on uh, Luis Roberts' return um, and how Eloy Jimenez is utilized when he returns as well. If he's primarily a DH um, that affords you another spot so you can throw angle and left and throw Sheets in right. So I think that there's – there's some room to work here, but what assuming about, about Vaughn, though, where does he go? Oh, that's true, man. That's true. You just you just screwed the whole plan up. I forget <laughs> that Vaughn. I and he's getting that hot Vaughn, right now. Let's not, let's not forget hot. about Andrew Vaughn. We talked about all these other guys in the lineup tonight. Andrew Vaughn goes three for five as well, and he's starting to hit right. Vaughn. He's starting to hit right-handed pitching, whereas he had some you know kind of splits that were uh, very forgot spread out before. You know, and now he is starting to hit right-handed pitching. So Vaughn, I think, needs to stay in. He's a shoe. I guess, I guess you got a DH Eloy over Gavin Sheets here. You do. You just have to. Yeah, and 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 Billy Hamilton's on your bench, and the there's your it factor. Yeah, their it. it is right here with Lance Lynn. That there's your it. It's right here. That's your bench. Yeah, <laughs> Re- remaking the the gesture that yes. Lynn made to Timmy. I love it. That's Except great. your bench is more like this. Yeah, yeah, not this. Yeah. Yeah, especially, especially these are when, good problems to have. We're especially talking when, about this in July. Especially when the injured. To that. I'm not even going to say injured players. The injured stars coming back. Injured stars because yes. it's Eloy Jimenez, it's Luis Robert, it's Yasmani Grandal too. Fuck, Nick Madrigal. He's not coming back. He's not coming back this year. But yeah, still, like, man, these are good problems to have. Yeah. I'm not happy that they're injured. But these are good problems to have. Yeah, and it just makes so if they're doing this at this rate right now uh, with the depleted you know uh, personnel that they have, imagine this team at full power. Imagine what it'll be like at full power. That's the bottom line here. So, all right, let's get into fun shit, Tony. Fun stuff because tomorrow's going to be a goddamn fun day. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. So. Cool shit we saw in White Sox land. Uh, what'd, you, what'd you have? I know we talked about some stuff that was pretty cool today. I mean, obviously scoring 12 runs is pretty cool, but uh, anything else uh, that you got here that you saw? Cool shit in White Sox land? Man, like I've got to prepare better for this segment, just, you know, between you and I, because Buzz, right, doesn't Buzz doesn't hit me with it. Steve doesn't hit, we, hit me with this. You, you think you about do. it then. I'll, I'll start. I'll start. Let me, and, let, me, it, let me think about it for a second. It's the guy behind home plate who, who was double fist and drinks all it, night. He's, he's got the go long to. beard. We got uh, our guy Duke Coughlin tagged me in the tweet, said, uh, this guy looks like he listens to ZZ Top. And someone replied to him and said, shit, that guy is in ZZ Top. Uh, yeah, I love it. It was perfect. Uh Props to that guy. Uh, th- that was awesome. Wearing a White Sox jersey right behind home plate so you could see him all game. Double fisting, tall boys. That's that's how you crack them on a Friday night, Tony. It absolutely is. Double fisting, tall boys is always a good move. I think we can endorse that. We can absolutely endorse that. You've got the crack em koozie going. I don't have a koozie, but drinking diesels. Um, Johnny, cool shit in White Sox. Can I go with some uncool stuff? Jace Fry cutting his hair. Oh yeah, no, that's not cool. Come that's on. not cool. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spin this back. We're gonna go spin zone here. When Jace Fry used to warm up in the bullpen, I thought like, hey man, my buddy Johnny Nani's warming up right now. <laughs> and now that's not happening. So you got to tell me, 
the yeah. flow. You've been working with this now for what, like a year and a half? Yeah. Year and a half. How long is it going to take Jace Fry to get his swag back? Mm. Man, that's tough. I mean, it depends on uh, you know how long it takes. But uh, you're probably not looking at um, wings until about with him cutting his hair now, probably not until October. You're not looking at, that's even like just a little flare out at the beginning, but to get a flow, um, we're, we're talking not till spring training, Jace. That's rough stuff, yeah. but I'm going to parlay that because we're talking about hair. Michael Kopech, cool stuff. The I beard, saw yeah. in White Sox land. Michael Kopech has been working on his beard. Johnny, we love beards here. I know I just trimmed mine, but Buzz is a big beard guy. You're the, you're a beard guy. I'd like to see Steve. Like, he's, he's a some, scruff guy. He's, he's a scruff, a scruff guy. guy, but I want to see Steve with some some luscious, like at least, <laughs> like to hear, you know, yeah. like just give me something, um, because I feel like we should bring Sox playoff beards into existence yes, this year yes. on yeah, Sox on tap. So feathers, socks on tap crossover. Yes. yes. Playoff yes. beards are going to be a thing here for socks on tap. Um, and our followers too. Not, yes. not just us, our followers, yes. listeners, everyone. Let's, if you got it, if you, you got the facial hair, grow it, grow it. Baby. Even, even, even if you don't, if it's scrappy as shit, grow it. And it's in the name of the white socks. Yes. I think we can commit to that. So if we're going to go cool shit in white socks, Twitter or white socks land, we're bringing playoff beards this year. Yeah. And going to going back to your point though, Michael Kopech is joining the Fear of the Beard Club. Before it was obviously Mr. Lancelin, um, Dallas Keuchel, uh, Lucas Giolito had a little bit of it, um, and he kind of varies in his length too. Sometimes he lets go, sometimes he's you know more like you are right now. But th- that was about it because it's the ones with beards. And now Michael Kopech's got it, and it's a little red, it's a little blonde. It's great. I love it. it it's it's fantastic because he's always been kind of a cleaner cut kind of guy. And now you see him yeah, out there. He, he'd have the little wings, but but the sweatshirt and out of the clean, beard. Man. They're like, and you're pumping 99 miles an hour. Let's just talk one second about how unfair that is for everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's some cool shit we saw in White Sox land. Yes, that's some cool shit. So, yeah, when, what, what was your tweet? That was a great tweet. When you're down, what yeah, eight runs? Was imagine, it? imagine being down eight runs, and Michael Kopech comes out. And he's pumping 99 miles an hour. That's just absolutely ruthless. <laughs> it is. It is ruthless. It's almost the same thing as hitting a three-run or three-run bomb off of a position player pitching. Yeah. To, to me, kind of the same. Tony LaRusso does like to step on throats, Johnny. I think that's what we confirmed tonight. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, um, all right. Uh, any meatball, uh, you know, meatball takes uh, tinfoil hit theories we got going on here? I've, I've given a few throughout this episode. Yeah, so you did, you did gonna, a few meatball takes. What do you um, got? Um, mine was that Dallas Keuchel is better than you think he is. I can argue that one. I don't. I, I did not like the comments about the I, the hey. outfield positioning. So, if we if we want to talk a little bit longer here. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Because he's a ground see, ball guy. I didn't see. I didn't see what he said about outfield positioning. What are you talking so about? After after his last loss, he uh, he came to the media and said that the like he was upset with how the outfield was positioned. So that was a problem for him. 
And now the running joke is like maybe he should throw more ground balls instead of letting things go to the outfield or giving mm-hmm. up five balls. It's a fair. Yeah, well, you gotta forg- you, you gotta forgive me. I was off the reservation last week, most literally. I was gonna say, man, like for somebody who's been off the reservation, you've been like, you you jumped right back in after your IL stint. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that's interesting comments there, but I, okay. I, I let's go. I'm going to go with firsthand evidence here. I was at the starts that he had against both the Tampa Bay Rays and the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. And he nutted up and looked like Houston Astros, Dallas, Keuchel. maybe not as many strikeouts, but man, he got the job done. And those were two pretty potent offenses that had been able to get to us against other pitchers that we had thrown out there. Um, so th- that's where I sit at that. And, and that is sure that might be the ceiling for him. But I think a veteran presence like that we saw, I mean, last year, think about how good he was through Granted, It was a shortened season. It was, but he was like, no doubt the number two. And I know we have new names in here. We got, we got Lance Lynn in here. We've got Dylan C's making strides. Um, but and we got Carlos Rodon's resurgence here, and he's healthy. Uh, but still, I think Dallas. And I'm not advocating for him to be like a start. I wouldn't even if we had a you know three game playoff series. I don't even know if I would put him in there. But I think he's better than people are giving him credit for. And I think comments like that, you know, it maybe shares a little bit of a gripe. Uh, who the hell isn't you know upset after you know losing effort? Imagine you have a shitty day at work. Are you supposed to come home and not? bitch about it so here's uh, my question you know, for you. I, I just uh let's, let's, I think let's dig a little in. better than people are giving credit for there's you go there's my meatball take that's let's it. let's <laughs> dig in though let's dig in on this if you had seven innings of baseball that you needed somebody to pitch are you taking michael kopech or dallas Keuchel no right michael kopech and uh, not trying to make any arguments that dallas Keuchel should be above anyone but we talk about stuff like tonight okay we love lance lynn here and i'm one of the biggest lance lance is my favorite pitcher on the team there's no question about it but he gets himself into a jam and then when he works himself out of it with two strikeouts is all you know and he's you know yelling at the camera and that's all great i love all that shit and that's awesome but we're all applauding him and saying yeah because you know the overall stats uh, on the whole are better, but Dallas Keuchel does it tonight. And granted, it's against a little bit of a shittier opponent, but whatever. You got to do it against whoever the hell is in front of you. He goes and gets himself into a little bit of a jam, strikes out to get out of an inning, and it's not as much like near fanfare uh, when, when it comes to that. So um, I think I can at least you know uh, take off the the bias hat there and be like, oh, it's all you know Lance Lynn all the time for me, and say that okay, I can hey, watch Dallas Keuchel for doing that. There's there's an energy factor there. You've got a guy that screams at slapdick motherfuckers, and then you've got a guy that poses nude in ESPN magazine. Yeah. Did they both strike out two guys to get out of a jam? They did, but who's who's bringing <laughs> the energy? What do you, who's yeah, bringing well, the energy? Lance Lynn is, and that's why he'd be your number one starter in the exactly. playoffs. Exactly. No, so if, if Dallas Keuchel... You, you're, making it, you're making it seem like I'm saying that Dallas Keuchel should be a starter up in there. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that Maybe no, he, he is underrated. He is underrated. Okay, but scream, all right. Then that's all I'm, I'm just telling him to scream at some motherfuckers. That's all no. I'm telling him. Well, to you, do. So, some guy. You, oh, you gonna say that to Dylan Cease, the guy that doesn't show any emotion either way ever? I don't know if he's ever smiled or frowned. Well, that's my problem with him. <laughs> you know, like if if we're gonna get real here, the only problem I have with Dylan Cease is that he's just fucking boring. <laughs> There's, There's my meatball take. There's cerebral guy. He's just. Uh, just <laughs> Do something interesting for five seconds. Scream at somebody. Provide me some sort of entertainment as a sports fan. I told this to Buzz <laughs> when we were driving to the game the other day. 
um, while you're on vacation. I said, he, this was as we were heading into the, uh, the Donaldson game. And he's like, I don't think they're going to throw at him. I said, I hope they throw at him. And everybody <laughs> didn't want every, you know, the whole thing online is like, don't throw at him. Don't throw at him. And he's like, why would you want them to throw at Donaldson? I said, I just paid money for tickets. I want to see some fireworks. I want to see some fireworks. I want to see some shit explode. Okay, well, you okay? You, you're That's talking entertainment value for I, the I, for the consumer. Yes, you want that cool and tough shit. So if if we're yes. talking about what's cool and tough and what's not cool and tough, yeah, the you know we can make arguments about unwritten rules and all this other shit. I love that there's unwritten rules because I love that people get upset about them. I love the fact that that Ooh, drives. I love yeah. that it creates controversy. That's why I'm watching this. This is for entertainment value. Yeah. So right, yeah. if I've got two teams that hate each other, or if I've got people screaming at other people, like that, that draws me in. There's a reason that the gladiators fought. There's a reason that people watch wrestling. You want to see people hate each other. That's what sport is. So yeah, I want to see more energy out of Dylan C's. You drop that hammer on somebody and then you scream at them. Can't fucking touch that and walk off the mound like you're <laughs> Carlos Rodon. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking love Dylan Seeds. Right now, nothing. Just yeah. you know, Zen Master walking off the off the side. Like I can go to my job and watch somebody do something really good in my office cubicle, and you know they're they're really good at doing Excel spreadsheets. That's not fucking entertaining. I want somebody to fucking drop a hammer on somebody and say, "You can't fucking touch this. Come out uh, here and fucking touch this." You'll get sparks. That's what I want. That's why you watch this. And that's why you should never miss a Friday show here at Socks on Tap. You know, we, we get the liquor in us a little bit, pounded into us, and uh, we, uh, you know, cut a little loose here. I love it, Tony. Yeah, no, uh, all, all good points there, and I like how that discussion just kind of went on a tangent. Don't be lame. Entertainment there from, uh, you know, going off of me just saying that. Dallas Keuchel is underappreciated, but that's the way it goes here. All right, one last thing we did not do, Tony, and that is picks to click uh, for Saturday afternoon's game. So, Hit me with yours. I think I know who it's going to be. You already be. know who it is. It's Gavin fucking Sheets, man. All right. I just need to hear you say it. Um, all right. Uh, I will. Um, let's see. We got Eshelman righty on the mound. Should probably go with the lefty, even though TA did pan out today. That was a good one. I'm glad I went with him. He's hot as all hell, but I went with him today. So uh, I'm going to change it up. You know, what? I'm just going to bump down a little bit in the order and I'll go with uh, Yoan Mangata. Uh, I need to see a, a ball out to the warehouse in right field. Um, we didn't get one tonight. Um, I know Gavin Sheets did hit a home run to right, but uh, it was into the stand section there. I want to yeah, see he a hit it farther. Yeah, I, I want to see a pull shot, and that means you know, closer to the line because that's getting up over that uh, kind of standing room platform that they have there and getting to that warehouse. Buzz had wanted it for today. That's why he picked Moncada, so I'll just slide it right on down to me. Uh, Mangata, excuse me, not Moncada, Mangata. I can't wait till he hits another home run in all white and just drops the bat. Yeah, dude, the height. That's another thing, too. Cool shit we saw in White Sox land. Double doubling back on that is when Yohan Moncada wears the high socks, look the fuck out. He means business. Yes, he does. <laughs> he He's less likely to be injured on the field. Yeah, more likely to just show yes. off. It, and it's 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 true. It's, it's because the, the, the elastic is holding the calf in the, everything that's Jesus in there. The, the, the <laughs> the uh everything in there just holding it all a little bit more stable for him whereas it's a little bit too loose when he's got the long pants and although he did look swaggy no matter what because he's 
fucking Yohan Mangata, but still, that's yeah. There's a tinfoil hat theory for tonight. When Mangata needs to wear the high pants because it holds everything together better in his lower body, so we don't get a hamstring, we don't get a calf, we don't get a knee, some shit like that going on with him. Tinfoil hat time. Meatball takes tinfoil hats. Everything meets everything. It's Friday night. Sox win. Victory beers taste better. <laughs> Victory beers are flowing tonight. So, um, all right. Uh, thank you for tuning in, everybody. Thank you for joining in on the chat, too. Make sure we're doing this a uh, lot more throughout the home stretch of the season because it's going to be a lot more intense, even so. Uh, and we love uh, having your comments. We try to field the questions as much as we can uh, while still getting through the things that we need to talk about here. So, thank you for all of our listeners here. Go and subscribe to ONTAP Sportsnet on YouTube where you can get in on that chat, too. Uh, following us on Twitter at SoxOnTap and at ONTAP sportsnet that is where you can find these as well they'll be live on periscope there uh and then visit on tap sportsnet.com uh, to find all of our written content and you can find these podcasts embedded right in a tab as well there uh socks on tap is brought to you by grandstand uh that's where you need to go for all your white socks merchandise located right by the ballpark 35th and wallace Go and shop online at grandstandsocks.com follow them on social media at grandstand socks and get all swagged out in White Sox year for a massive playoff run incoming here. So, uh, Tony, two more games for the All-Star break here. Let's go and finish this shit strong. White Sox forever. White Sox forever, Johnny. <laughs>